On this episode of End of the Bench, we're going to recap the UNC versus Duke. Zion Williamson rips through his shoe only 30 seconds in. What is next for Duke basketball? We're talking NFL. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown are officially free agents slash on the trading block. Where are they going to go and who's going to pick these guys up? We're going to talk some Major League Baseball. It's back on Saturday. I'm excited. And Trevor Bauer uh, is weird when with dating girls. I don't know. We'll get into that. And we have a guest on today's show, Isaac Feldman, host of Outside the Cage podcast on WFAN. We're talking UFC. We're talking GSP retirement. We'll get into details. And we have another hard turn to the left with your boy, Producer Stone. All right. Let's get started. Put the fucking mic on. Mic is on. Joe cracked it on. Welcome to episode 23 of End of the Bench, the MJ edition, Michael Jordan edition. Speaking of Michael Jordan, his Tar Heels won last night against the Duke Blue Devils. And Zion Williamson ripped through a Paul George shoe. Which one? Paul George 2s? 2.5. So it was a very uh, depressing game, to be honest with you. Liam, me and Liam were watching together. We had a couple people over last night. It was... uh, I was very upset with the whole situation, to be honest with you. I mean, I was looking so much forward to this game. We get there, we're all sitting around, we got our drinks, we got our food, and then out of nowhere, Zion just, boom. Shoe explodes, his foot comes through the shoe. Yep. And you could just feel even the energy in our in our room with uh, us and our friends watching it. The energy just dropped. Absolutely. The final score, 88-72. As soon as Zion got hurt, the entire arena, both sides too, North Carolina and Duke, everybody dead quiet. No idea what was going on. You can sense Jay Bills from the from the top rafters where oh, he was man. calling the game. He was sweating through his shorts. The fact that he was out in the first 30 seconds, the remainder of the game, the Tar Heels led the entire game. Luke May, who I feel like the guy's been around for like 30 years playing for he's North like Carolina. He's like the second Perry Ellis. He's, yeah, he's the second coming of Perry Ellis. He had 30 points and 15 boards. 12 of them were on the uh, you know, offensive side, I guess. Yeah. No, 12, excuse me, defensive side. I think it was 12 offensive boards. That would yeah. be like That'd career be high, career high. Know, league high, everything. So, yeah, it was a just a one-sided showing of, of the Tar Heels. Tar Heels absolutely dominated the entire, entire game, both sides of the ball. But one big thing was that you can see from the get-go, as soon as Zion's out, Duke's just team morale went down completely. Defense was not there. Turnovers like crazy. It was something that you really weren't, you don't see out of Duke teams over 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 the past years, even with Coach K and I guess in general. Um, it was just a a sloppy game overall. He's their facilitator. That's you the know, guy. He's their everything. That is their everything. That's just that uh, you know like. I don't know. I've been that. I've been that way. Like Nelson was our facilitator in roller hockey. Exactly. And if he wasn't on the rink. It's just like, wait a second. You know, normally you got, you got somebody that just sets you up. Absolutely. Knowing that he's out there, like yeah. that's just another guy that you know for a fact will get back, get the ball back. You know, if you bad turnover or something like that. There was twenty turnovers by by Duke. Fifteen by Taros. Overall, it was a sloppy game. Definitely by yeah. both. 
It was a it was a bad basketball. <laughs> North Carolina was two of twenty from three, and they still won. Yeah, I was listening on the radio for the first half because I was coming back from a hockey game, and it was just it didn't. The shots, the like the. The shots that both teams were making, just nothing was falling. Nothing was falling. It, just, it, was, it just sounded ugly. And I want to say that, that the Tar Heels had, a, I think, 64 points in the paint last night. Yes, I saw that. That was incredible. And But see, like that wouldn't have happened if Zion wasn't If Zion wasn't there, it wouldn't he's, have He's happened. their rim protector. He's, you know. Defensive threat in the paint. Exactly. The guy's averaging 20 and almost 10, right? Yeah. So the guy is a defensive force. And he was going to be the one who was covering Luke May. Right. And, as you, I mean, look, Cam Reddish played great. Barrett played great. No one else. Trey Jones well, it looked like he wasn't even there. Yeah, he disappeared. He Absolutely. disappeared. So he, his stat line, he played 40 minutes, which was tied with Barrett for the most in the team for that night. One of 11 from the field. Oh. Yep. One of three from three. Three points only, four steals, five assists, and three turnovers. You it, cannot have that. When you're starting point guard and your best player goes out. Yeah, I mean, this starting five is the best starting five in the country. Now losing Zion, we don't know how long. It, let's get into that. So Zion is hurt, clearly. It's um, what is it? It's a, it's a mild knee strain. Yep. In in your case, sprain. sprain. Excuse me. In your case, what do you think that means? So we don't have nurse. Bill, we, we don't have nurse Bill here, which kind of stinks. If we if we had nurse Bill, he would give the proper diagnosis of what. Yeah, what maybe that once means. uh once they release more information about it, we'll and get Give on. an actual like designation of what the injury is. We can get nurse Bill on here to help us through some like semantics and specifics of the injury. But just from me watching it last night, they said mild knee strain, strain or sprain. I'm getting both these confused now. I'm gonna go with sprain. Is there a difference? Yeah, there's a huge difference. I think. Uh, but. Whatever it was, it looked like MCL because it was the inside of his knee that went out. So they said mild. I'm going to assume it's grade two. For the most case, if it's not too bad, that's like a three to four week recovery window. Sprain. Is it sprain? All right. So about three to four weeks. If it's like a grade two, if it's a grade three, that means he's got a tear in it, which obviously is more like, you know, four to six months if he has surgery. I saw something that the, the last night Ravel tweeted out something. Uh, it could be correct. A little wrong with the stat here but from what i remember it was 39 days that students waited outside in tents to get into this game yeah and they were only allowed to go back to their dorms if it was above 25 degrees or below 25 degrees and zion was in the game for 36 seconds i mean people paid nearly three grand for tickets to watch zion look we had Bar- Barack seconds. obama was there last night wait a second what students were outside yo they they pitched tents Tate, yeah yep 39 days yep so they can get front of the line to get tickets. These students. It's the biggest game of the year. No way. Are you out of your mind? That's like, that's insane. People do I it. I thought people were camping out overnight at like Best Buy on Black Friday. It was crazy. 39 days. They live in like, it's a community basically. Right outside of the stadium. And everyone has their tents. There's, I think it's like six or eight people to a tent. One person has to be inside that tent at all times. And you, you're only allowed to like have no one in the tent if it's below 25 degrees Fahrenheit. Who came up like, with these rules? This has been around a long time. It's been around a oh, long really? time. Why have I never a while. Heard of it's this? just like a Duke tradition, right? No yeah. way. And every year it happens. Every single year. Uh, uh, yeah. Only against UNC. No, I think it's only like every game, but majority of the time you're not gonna have to the really. UNC is like you're waiting the longest. You're waiting the longest. Really. 
you're, you're, 39 days. And, and Zion was on the court for 36 seconds. That is a bummer for those Duke fans that were there. And even North Carolina fans that came. And look, you had... I I really didn't notice because I was paying attention so much on the game, but I watched the highlights right after at your house, at your house, Liam. Along the baseline, I've never seen more cameramen and photographers in my life on the baseline of a court for a college game. Because this is the big one. This was this was it. This was when Zion was supposed to. I mean, the, the guys the guys showed highlight after highlight this year against top ranked teams. Even even against the bottom of the barrel on ESPN, because all their games are are basically on ESPN. But the fact that this is the first number eight, their arrival, this is what you want to see. Former president of the United States is there, so to show everybody. And it's unfortunate he's only played for thirty six seconds. But what what is the next move for for Zion? So it, I mean, there's obviously a lot of things he could come back play at Duke. Yeah. Or he could say, I guess, pull kind of a uh, Bosa move at Ohio State mm-hmm. and just say, you know what, like Bosa had his back issues. He's like, all right, I'm just done with the team. I'm going to recover and work to get to the draft. I mean, you do you even have people who didn't go to college, like Nick's Mitchell Robinson, who still got drafted in the second round. And, he didn't and even I guess go. Moutier was overseas, And right? Moutier was overseas, but exactly. So there's players that don't even go to college and still will get drafted. So him playing half a season, as long as his injury wasn't like anything Horrible. Mm-hmm. He's going to get drafted. But if he drops below the 16th pick, he has an $8 million insurance policy that will kick in. Really? Yeah. See, the thing with Bosa, with Nick Bosa, he has a, a huge squad that can try and replace him. And they're not going to replace the one player, Nick Bosa, but there could be three or four players that can hopefully – Put enough effort in to come, almost come, you know, to replace his talents. You put all those guys combined playing on the field. This is a short, this is the, the small squad, and usually Coach K only puts out eight guys on a rotation. He's not having the eleven or twelfth guy play. Majority of the time doesn't happen. You know, this is tough. You can't replace a a generational type player. I mean, Nick Bosa is a great player. He isn't a generation. He's not a a JJ Watt or a Von Miller kind of player. That where it's he has to be he is going to be a player to absolutely change your franchise. Zion is Zion could change the Knicks forever, change the Bulls forever with Kyrie and Durant. Yes, wow. with Kyrie and Durant. Did you see that? Yes, there was no. All. But you're completely yeah. right about that, Taylor. I mean, like you said, it's you can't you can't replace Zion. Like even for Nick Bosa. Chase Young came out, who's also defensive end Ohio State, and completely showed out that he had a breakout year because yes. you know he was able to play in Bosa's absence. But Duke doesn't have anyone to fill in any sort of role of what Zion does, and that was obviously shown last night. They had no rim protection. They had seemed seemed to have even no you know paint protection. Clearly, it was terrible. The the players were just absolutely faced. Which I look, I understand. You're that's your that's your guy, and that that was that's your guy. Was going to bring the national championship. We don't know how long he's gonna be out now. I also think that it was a another thing that like probably messed with the team was it happened to be during the biggest game of the year. Correct. Like say it happened next weekend against maybe next weekend against Cuse also might affect them a little more because they already lost to Cuse earlier in the season. But if it was against anybody else, Zion goes out first thirty seconds. I think Duke still remains in control of that game. But dude, that place was electric last night. Electric. That's cr- I, Cameron I mean, Indoor is is a is a bucket list of mine to go to a game. That's pretty wild. 
Oh, one other thing. Just I want to throw it out there. I mentioned it to Frank yesterday. I don't know if you guys noticed it also. But if you watch any baseball game, uh, not a baseball game, any other basketball game or any hockey game, isn't the bench always on the far side? So you watch the bench the whole game? Yeah, that's correct. The Duke game, the bench is on the close side, and you don't see the players during the game. You mean, well, because the camera is the camera angles. And no, I know, like but most isn't. I, I thought that the benches were always on the far side. Any game that you watch, think about it. The bench is on the far side. Is there any reason for that? I think ESPN, obviously, like it's a big game, so they're going to have a lot more cameras there, and they were just using, like, their. I guess like all you know alternative angles because they had a lot of like lower angles instead of just the high shot like you'd see. In and, any, that's, like, and that's and that's a different high shot than normal than other games. That that's always the angle that they've gotten for for decades. That's always what ESPN does. That 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 high high up yeah, angle but with the oh. with the benches being. But it doesn't matter because the D is facing the right way, so the camera always has to be on that side of the court. Correct. You know what I'm saying? I just thought it was a little. Oh, odd. Yeah, I mean, I noticed weird things like that, but I just thought that I didn't know if it was a college thing or all college games like that. Do you not watch the benches in college? Uh, I do. No, usually, usually, usually benches are always on the other on side. The other side right? Yeah. yeah. So I guess that just might be a, oh, a Duke thing. Oh, I like thing. that stone. I didn't I even notice that. that. It could be just a Duke and thing. Said the same thing. He's like, yeah, it's a little weird because normally you get to because like I like watching the reactions of the benches. Exactly. And everything. So yeah, when someone hits a three, yeah, they go crazy. Right. But uh, so with Zion's shoe. Obviously, he ripped like straight through it. Straight through it. Uh, so the clo- I did some research. The closest thing I could find was Manage Nobly kind of did the same thing in 2014. He's wearing the Air Max Four closer, or Air Max closer, closer four. four. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen this shoe. It's probably just like a you know very general Nike basketball shoe, no player edition or anything. But uh, he wore that same pair for five straight years before it blew out. What's odd is that you know they get all they get new shoes every couple weeks, and especially with Duke. Who's one of the highest Nike schools up there? I mean, just in there. I mean, they have obviously videos of their equipment rooms and uh, everything. So I, I was watching on YouTube. They have like 400 pairs just sitting there, not used, and like you know all the sizes you'd need. And I mean, RJ Barrett even said after the game, he was like, "Yeah, when I saw Zion go down, I thought he was gonna go strap on a new pair of shoes and come right out." So Nike obviously said, "Hey, we're gonna look at this." It was an isolated incident, obviously, when you have someone who's nearly 300 pounds making a cut like that. Uh, Puma came out and tweeted, but then deleted it. They said it wouldn't have happened in Pumas. Oh, so Pumas. throwing a little shade. Hey, Puma just Puma got Puma a ton who? of. T- oh, Stone. What'd you say? Puma who? Yeah, Puma who? I mean, they got they got a ton of uh, rookies that came out of the draft. They got Aiton. Who else they got? They got Bagley. Think about uh, the amount of money that they're throwing at these kids because Puma is irrelevant right now. I mean, Puma's, Puma is is trying to make a comeback, but I totally understand. I think they're irrelevant too compared to like the Nike and the Adidas. It's definitely irrelevant compared to them, but I think as as in like, a, I guess... Not Cousins new, is as, on there now? Yeah. It's not like a new company, but as like an... I think they had the fastest rise, like an Under Armour kind of thing. Yeah. Like Under Armour just took off once they had shoes going. I think Puma's going to do the same. So I mean, their ba- their first never... shoe, the Air Clyde Court Disrupt. Normally, like a company's first shoe, they'll release like three colorways. They're already in the double digits with this pair. But I don't know, man. Like me, how many people do you think you're gonna go to the store and be like, 
I need a new pair of cleats or I need a new pair of basketball shoes and go look to Puma first. I agree with you. I, I don't I don't get Unless it. Unless you're on a budget, are they cheaper? You know what I mean? Like I will never go to a store. Honestly, even if I'm on a budget, I'll still spend a little extra more money to get Nike, you know? Like the yeah. pedigree of Nike is way beyond any other It's shoe the company. swoosh that makes it look great. The swoosh. Not even how it looks. It's I've just never, the Nike. I've never like brand loyalty. Yes. I've never yeah. had uh, a failed Nike product. Okay. I feel that. So, like, Pumas, like, obviously, like you said, who's going to go in and look for a Puma their first shot? And, like, me, I've been looking for a Puma shoe, but, like you said, it's not going to be the first one. I, You know, I get all the Nikes uh-huh. and Adidas's I want first. And also, Kevin Knox wears it. So, that's, like, a big draw for me, obviously, being a, a Knicks that's fan. That's a thing. Now, if you got these big-time stars that are exactly. going to be going Young Puma, maybe coming guys. it'll make them a little bit more relevant. Now, with, with Nike was always, you know, mediocre company. But once I signed Jordan, it absolutely blew up. So, yeah. last night, Nike had a, a, a rough time on social media. There was no, the memes. They were getting dragged. They were getting dragged a little bit. They're down 1.5% today in stocks. Is this something to worry about, though? No, no. no I'm, just no, I'm no, kidding. Nike, I'm kidding. Nike, Nike will happen to Nike. So, Zion, if he comes back to play with Duke, he has to wear Nike. He has to wear Nike. But will he wear Nike in the NBA once he goes? I don't know. But I think the real question is, do you think him wearing Nike or not affects his decision if he's going to come back and play? No. No. Right? I I agree with you. I think he's an absolute idiot. Yes. I agree. Absolutely. You don't come back because you had a, a, a slight malfunction. Yes, it was in the biggest game of the year, but biggest game of your life. Function with your shoe, which it's it's it happens. Yeah, it's possible. Of course. And you don't come back to play at Duke because your shoe ripped. Don't and come back Duke. to play basketball. It's not anymore. like oh, you can wear like the PG two point five or the PG two. Like you can wear the Kyrie, the PG, the KD, the LeBron, on and on and on. Right. Will he come back though? In general, I think he's gonna. You because every he- every time I hear this kid talk. It's just always my teammates. I love playing with these guys. I came to Duke to play with them. Okay, so that's prior to this. That now is this, prior this, to this. This just happened. This could be just a fluke injury where he's out two weeks. This could have been a career-ending injury. Now, this has been the topic of today, of, of, of today on Twitter and on, on ESPN and every major media outlet. Should these players get paid because of a situation like this, where a guy who is the best player, not no one is ever going to be close to him this year, talent-wise, to Zion Williamson. Zion's going to be the number one pick, or I don't know if he'll be number one now, depending on his injury, you know? But prior to, to last night, number one overall pick, they were comparing this guy as, as the best talent to come out of a, of a draft since LeBron. A guy like this, I should he be paid? Because of, because of a situation like this. 100%. I don't... Uh, before I get at any of this, if you're a college athlete, I the rules are the rules. You want to get paid, go play Europe. Go play in China. But everyone wants that American college lifestyle, even if it's for six months. And compete in March Madness. Exactly. Right. All of that. But I do think they should be paid. Maybe not... You know, directly from the schools, but if you have studs like Barrett, like Zion, like Jean Moran, so like, like top get them 50 shoe deals. deals. If you get shoe like deals. top fifty players, we're talking here. Exactly. Top 50, but top how 100. can you only pay the top fifty players though? You can't do that. that. I think it's shoe deals. So if Nike wants to pay Zion to wear Nike, he can. But then this is where it comes in that the schools. So what if they want to pay someone on Louisville? Nike wants to buy someone in Louisville. Louisville. Louisville is under a ten-year contract with Adidas. It gets. You know, it gets tough because they're not exactly. they're, they, they under school 
apparel contracts. Yes. Correct? Exactly. And they're huge. They're hundreds of millions like of dollars. Like Louisville's 10 years, 250. Yeah. They're huge contracts. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel, I guess college players, I think, should get paid. It's hard to pay the top 50 players only, like a salary. Yeah. And you can't get brand deals, essentially, right? Like, you can get. You, can't, that's, you, you can't. can't get. You really can't. Because think about it. You're coming out of high school, and I say, Austin, I want you to wear Nike. I'll give you $10,000. Now, this takes out all of the Adidas schools from your list of the schools you can go to. Because you're like, do I want to go play at Adidas school for free, or am I going to go make some money? But then that forces you. I'm going to have to go to you know, Duke or uh, UNC. I can't go to Miami or Louisville. What about, uh, what about like, um, <laughs> keeps I keep knocking my board ball over. Uh, what about like, uh, like Bose? Like, what about those, like, outside of apparel deals? You think that should be allowed? I think 100%. Like, Bose, right? Beats, you're talking like about? Beats, yeah, something like that. I mean, then again, you're really only limited. Like, But wait a second. So, if you see Zion walking around campus, he's only allowed to wear Nike? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is this is only significant when it comes, like, on the court. I would say, like, team-related activities. Yeah. But I'm assuming also, if he's... I'm assuming he's not stupid and... He if he's he's wearing Nike because he knows Nike's gonna come at him with a deal. So if he exactly he he shows his loyalty to Nike and never touches Adidas, I think it just helps him in the long. Run. I think I think what he does is tweet out to Nike, be like, "Hey man, I know what happens. Just remember me when I'm done here, or something like that." You know? You I don't know if that's. I think that, Nike's it, gonna spin this if they can land him when he gets his own. You know, the Zion one. There's gonna be a whole marketing campaign to go along with this. That's like, oh, you know, your foot won't break through it because we manufactured it for the only guy to have his foot break through it. Like, yeah. I think there are some funny commercial of him testing out shoes and ripping through all of them, and there'll be one that his pair where he can't rip them through. Definitely. So I think, yeah, Nike took a little hit in the stocks. I think if Zion sticks with Nike, which I, th- I don't know why you wouldn't, I think it's all going to work out. I don't think one person within the next two months is going to go to the store and be like, nah, Zion ripped through these shoes. I'm not buying them. That's true. I totally agree. I totally agree. Paul George, though, probably like freaking out, though. Like, how how in the world did these get ripped? Like, I mean, the, I mean, the guy is a freaking linebacker for Christ's sake. He's a giant man. He running through shoes. It was a quick pivot too. I mean, it's a, a manufacturer defect, man. You know what happens? It just happened to happen at the worst possible time. I mean, this is horrible. But like, someone in one of those Vietnamese sweatshops is uh yeah getting no pay for a month or something. Exactly. Yeah, it's totally totally worse. And they don't even get the glue on the bottom of that shoe. Yeah, and they don't even get paid to begin with, barely. (laughs) All right, so, and also from last night, Obama was there. Barack Obama, 44th president. He was wearing. Drooling over him. Yeah, he loved it. It was the fire bomber jacket, dude. Fire bomber jacket with the stitch 44 on it. He got that drip. It was nice seeing that. And yeah. he, he was engaged. I mean, and he was there for almost the entire game, too. And he was yeah. He walked out with like, uh, like forty seconds. Left, yeah. yeah. So that was cool. But one of the another college basketball uh, story was big storyline. Big storyline. Obviously, Syracuse huge upset win over Louisville last night. Yes. Came out last night. Jim Beheim was on the way home from the game. He uh, got in a little, not a little, a huge accident. Incident. Incident where he he killed a pedestrian. Was it crossing the street? Right. Yeah, so apparently what happened is a guy got in an accident on, uh, I don't remember, it's the east-west uh, highway up there, like I-6-something, I don't know it offhand, whatever. He got So the guy got in an accident, a few minutes later, obviously, Beheim's, I guess, I'm assuming on his way home, right? Yep. 
And this guy, I guess, he got in an accident, and for whatever reason, he was trying to cross the street, and Beheim hits him. Didn't see him coming. Didn't, yeah, didn't see him coming. Obviously, you know, if you were in the Northeast for this last few days, you've, it's been crappy weather, rain, snow, sleet, all that. Yeah. And Beheim hit him. He was dead. Beheim stayed at the scene, went to the police station, obviously, you know, followed all the correct protocol. And he's not going to get charged with anything. No, he's, he said he was heartbroken. He can't believe this happened. He, you know, his prayers go out to the family. That's that's tough, man. But for all you people, when you get in a car accident, stay in your car. Don't get out outside of your car. Don't try to, you know. Move. Don't move. Just stay in your car. If your car's not going to blow if you can't up. Get your, yeah, if it's not going to blow up and you can't get it out, out of the road, just stay in the car. Yeah. You're a lot safer than outside the car. Yeah. And that's the... End of the bench seal of approval right there. Yes. All right, so like let's, let's jump into football. Le'Veon Bell tweets out yesterday, free at last, free at last. Thank God almighty, I'm free at last. He really didn't like the Steelers, did he? He didn't like how he was getting managed. The guy was, it, the guy is one of the best running backs in the game, and now He's free agent, officially a free agent. They talked and said, like, I ain't coming back. I'm not going to get another freaking franchise tag. I'm free to go. Now, Antonio Brown met with uh, Rooney, the the owner of the, the, the Steelers, yep. talked to him. It seemed like it was a very respectful and professional-like and adult-like conversation. I mean, that picture, right? Look, they're both happy. It out, looked yeah. like completely different from a week ago. Yeah, they talked, and he's now on his way out. They're both going to the Jets. Wow, that would be power moves. Oh, God. That is power moves. Now the question is, the teams that have a lot of cap space this upcoming offseason is the Colts, Jets, and Browns. The Browns just got Kareem Hunt for $1 million, so I don't know if they – and they have Nick Chubb, so I don't think they're going to need a running back for Le'Veon Bell. Kareem Hunt's going to go off this year? Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't say off, but he's going to put up good numbers. I mean, mean, Nick Chubb had a – you know, awesome rookie year. So I think it's going to be a split in time between both those two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get Baker Mayfield with a good play action game, and then obviously those running two? game comes from that. Yeah, it's over. Where is Le'Veon Bell going to go now? I think the guy has been. You see on Twitter, I've been. I follow a couple players. I follow one player in particular on the Jets, Jamal Adams. Uh, being a Giant fan, Adams is one of my favorite players in the league. I love his game. Funny guy on Twitter. He's been going out at going at it with Bell tweeting out like trying to recruit him. I mean the Niners way back when the Antonio Brown stuff stuff was going um going on. Antonio Brown was tweeting with George Kill from the from the Niners. It's it's going to be interesting this offseason this summer to see where these two are going to go. Do you think Bell from what the way he handled everything and mm-hmm. the Steelers uh, teams are a turn off to him? Or he's a turn off to some team. I would definitely, yeah. definitely, and now, so for Brown. So now is it like? But it's but the talent you got almost. That's so the, it's that's baggage. It's like Odell has a little well, that's baggage. That's the whole thing with Kareem. You know, like obviously what he did was absolutely a hundred percent in the wrong. But you know, like they said, they think he gives you a second chance, and it's like, they, do you just say that to say that because he's nasty? You know, like that's why you exactly. want him. I don't know. I mean, it looks terrible on the Browns, honestly, that they signed this guy, who. I think the investigation is still still going on. Still ongoing. It looks terrible, but when they're winning double digit games, going to the playoffs, it's gonna, you know, not look a lot less terrible. But people aren't gonna be talking about it. I mean, it's really in the back of my mind, but I do understand what you're saying. But yeah. for Bell, I think the I think it's more on his end or the Steelers' end. The issues 
that teams are looking like you said that the, he stated that the Steelers weren't treating him well. But then again, he also did what he did and not giving them answers and stuff like that. And, 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 and not playing. He didn't want to come to camp because he wanted a long term contract with a ton of money guaranteed. And they're seeing at his, at his age, look, you running backs, we can't give you this money. We can't give you this guaranteed money in long term deals because you're old. You're getting up in age. I think it's just up top, coaches, everything. Because two years ago, he Facebook lived after a win in the locker room. That was Antonio Brown, yeah. Antonio oh, and that's, that's what I'm talking about right now. Yeah, yeah. Antonio Brown. Yeah. And he did it again and again and then Instagram Live and again. Like, after that first time, you got to tell him, like, hey, don't do this. And, like, make it serious. Like, even suspend him for a game. Whatever you do, dock and pay. I think what pissed Brown off most was the last game of the year where it was this is the game they get into the playoffs, right? Yeah. And they and he didn't play. I mean, that's his way to send a message. Absolutely. Game you need me the most, I'm not here. Yeah, and then, lost, le- so. and then he and then he left, and then that was that was the the ticking time bomb. It blew up right there. All season long, there was a shit show. All season long, Antonio Brown was, you know, arguing with the offensive corner, or was arguing with Big Ben, or having arguments with Mike Tomlin, or subtweeting people on Twitter, or f- tweeting at people on Twitter, Instagram lives, or you know, Instagram stories, what have you. Now the fact that it's He's now going to be gone, and someone needs to go get him. I'm just excited to see. I think the Jets Jet, awesome. Jets are going to go all in on Le'Veon Bell. They're going to pay the guy forty and million Holmes. plus yearly. They get. I mean, they have to trade a lot for Brown. You know. Yeah. But. Uh, what did I say, Holmes? What the fuck did I just say? It's Antonio, it's Antonio Holmes, it's Antonio former Holmes. Pittsburgh, <laughs> former Steeler, and he went did go to the Jets. So you were right a little bit there. Priest Holmes or Priest? I don't, I don't know who you're thinking of. Uh, yeah, so it's definitely an interesting topic, and uh, it's going to be really exciting to just add to the drama. So, baseball is back, boys. Saturday, we're, tick- we're kicking off the season in spring training. Yankees, Red Sox are starting off at 105. Then we're, then we're going to get the uh, Rockies are playing in Arizona. I, I'm, I'm just excited. This is the best time of the year for me. I'm baseball all 24-7, 365, but baseball games officially start on Saturday. I'm psyched. I don't know about you guys. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. But one thing that uh, – I mean, what kind of storylines are you guys looking for? The, I mean, the Padres are – Padres' first game, first spring training game, will be on Saturday against the Seattle Mariners at 3 o'clock. We're going to see Machado Foley – Ready to go then? I mean, I, I think in the next couple. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure. I'm assuming he'll be ready to go on on Saturday. But um, I'm excited to see him play in a couple of spring training games. They're, they're, a lot of these starters don't play all the time. I mean, it's more of almost for the pitchers. How do you think he's going to fit in there? I think it. Look, the, the signing over. I know we talked about it yesterday a lot. Uh, our last episode, but th- I think he's going to fit in okay. There's a lot of young guys. I mean, Fernando Tatis Jr. is be playing third base, and Tatis. Tatis, his dad, big steroid guy, had one good season where he cranked out 30 home runs. The next season, he cranked out like five, so a lot of steroids. But anyway, his the, the son Jr. He's a beast. Now that's a perfect guy to have in the locker room to teach Tatis is is Machado, almost same kind of build, have power. Is he though? Or maybe he isn't because Machado's uh, no Johnny Hustle and. No, not at all. Kind of an attitude problem. I think the, the gameplay wise, I think the 
personality, I think Tatis maybe needs to stay away from Machado with that. With that. But game-wise and playing the game at short, a shortstop position and, and hitting, Tatis can be a perennial all-star in no in no time. I think he'll fit in great. I mean, Hosmer at first base. You got Will Myers out there. Hunter Renfro, who is low-key, some big pop. And Francisco Mejia, who whenever he gets called up, will start catching. So it, is it going to be a, a guarantee, like lock, ready to go, that this team's going to make the playoffs? No. It's going to take two, three years to get to get a, a even a wild card berth with the, how good the Dodgers are. And even the Rockies, if whenever Aaron Isle leaves, it could be almost a one-team division. All right, this is uh, random, a little off the cuff. Taylor, obviously, you work for the Twins, right? Yep. How do you do? You consider your knowledge of the Twins pretty, uh, pretty yeah, pretty good. I think so. All right, so I was just looking at this. I mean, I had no idea how many different places, like all of the teams played in spring training. Obviously, you have the Yanks and Tampa, Mets mm-hmm. and Port St. Lucie, Orioles, Sarasota. Do you know where the Twins have a spring training? In Fort Myers. Uh, all right. Maybe, maybe you did get that question right. It says Lee County. Oh, I, I, I'm pretty positive it's Fort Myers, right? I don't know. I, I'm Let's actually, I'm actually. Where is ex- Lee County? Very, oh, it is in Fort Myers. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. very positive. They, they play the Red Sox play in Fort Myers too. They play the Red Sox. They play the Red Sox. It just says Lee County again for that too. All right. Damn, yeah. I you go I was down to get you with that one. Did you hmm. go down to spring training last year? I did not. I was working. I, I produced some games up when I was living in Minnesota, from the from the our our radio oh, from booth. yeah we produced HQ? the game from HQ. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh that's when when, when cold. Spring, yeah, was real, it real cold when in January and yeah. in February, March, April, <laughs> all those months freaking cold. But I'm excited, man. I'm super excited. I mean, the Twins. I just got the notification now. Twins are eyeing Marwin Gonzalez. Ooh, okay. Twins have had a really good offseason. Nelson Cruz, CJ Cron, um there's a bunch of other players. I mean, there's uh, Jonathan Scope, they signed for a one year eight million, which is a great deal. huge upside. Twins are a team, I guess I, I would say not to don't look past the twins this year. I think the team we're talking about teams to keep an eye on for divi- to, to win a division. That division is a one team division. It's the Indians. And they they lost Donaldson. They lost Edwin Encarnacion. So I think this is this is the and they lost Michael Brantley. So this is a team. The Twins have a good shot of kicking the door down and taking that first place spot because the White Sox ain't doing shit this year. The Tigers aren't doing anything. The Royals are one of the worst teams in the league. It's really going to be Twins. Twins second place last year. Twins and Indians. So I think the Twins are a team to be reckoned with. You follow them again? You still follow them? Absolutely. Yeah. When, it, it's like look. Are your second favorite team now? No, my second favorite team is is the Rockies. I got my National League team is the Rockies and Cardinals. But when 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 you work for a team, and you're you not kinda it, invested, you, you kind of have to be so much. You invest so much time and effort into them, you turn into a fan. And if you're really not a fan of them of the team you work for, it's hard to like working there. I agree 100. Yeah, percent I, I mean, yeah. even with working with the G League team, like. I'm just like checking G League scores on the daily. Like I never thought I'd right. be doing that, but right. it's just like one of those. Like Taylor said, like it, you kind of have to be a fan of them to like enjoy what you're doing and really like get you know into it to make it fun for yourself. Because exactly. it's like if if I if I worked for the Red Sox, that would be pretty hard for me to to become a fan of the Red Sox. You know, it's like me if I work for the Rangers. Like right, that'd be rough. I yeah. obviously still do it. and I still love to do it, but like 
it would just be in the in the back of my mind. Like I had no. Did like, I root I for the Yankees? Did I root for the Yankees when the Yankees were playing, and then when the when the Yankees came to Minnesota, and when the Twins went to the the Bronx? Absolutely, but I did it behind closed doors. I like I was very quiet <laughs> that about be it. Cool though, like if you were to work for the Red Sox. Like just seeing the other side of it, you know what I mean. But it would, such you, it would make you like them, and you hate them. So it's like I, I don't hate a lot of teams. I hate two teams, like a lot of three what teams. Do you three. <laughs> this list is getting right, bigger, bigger by the Here second. we go. How do we do? We save this and we do a top three. Most teams hated you hate. teams. Guess what? Good tease. That'll be in our uh, special segments. Yeah. One last MLB story before we get into this interview. Yeah. Trevor Bauer, obviously pitcher for the Indians, also the guy who like cut almost cut his finger off with the drone. He gave an interview, very interesting, with Sports Illustrated, saying his three rules for dating. You have that list right in front I of me? I have it right in front of me. Okay. He's a single guy. So we're going to go through uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a fan of Bauer. He isn't, like, the best-looking guy, you know? he's like, I think he's an average guy. Yeah. Right? No, he's definitely not, like, a button. You know, de- not no uh, Bryce Harper or anything. No like Bryce that. Harper. But the guy is pretty cocky with his, whole, with his dating schemes. Definitely. So, uh, I mean, in his... Interview with Sports Illustrated, he said he has three rules. I'll give you the rules, and then I'll give you a little quote to back that up. You guys give me your reactions. Got it. First rule, number one, no feelings. Bauer says, as soon as I sense you're developing feelings, I'm going to cut it off because I'm not interested in a relationship and I'm emotionally unavailable. That is cutthroat. I throw my feelings out there. To everybody, like it's <laughs> terrible. I catch feelings in like thirty seconds. Seeing Trevor Bauer, no feelings. You look Never. St- Stone. Days no feelings. Stone. You look into their eyes and you're like, "This is the one I'm marrying." Yes, it's bad. <laughs> it's so bad. So I wish I had no feeling. All right, you and Trevor Bauer need to do a little uh, soul swap or something like that. Uh, next up, number two, he said, "No public affection." So Bauer said, "No social media posts about me while we're together because private life stays private." Look, I I think that's eh, I, I don't look, know about that. Look, I I am not like that. If I mean, when I had a girlfriend, I didn't post. I post I think two or three photos. But in his case, being professional athlete, faces everywhere all the time. You can choose to put your social life out, show, social life out there, or you can keep it private. Which I think it's it's a smart move on his part. But I guess in general, for like the regular people like us, I I would post. Stuff on social media. I know you guys did. I don't think it's a bad do. thing. And the third yeah, one? Yeah, I don't know. All right, so third one, he says, you're not the only one. Oh, Jeez, that's a kick He said, up. quote, I sleep with other Just. people. I'm going to continue to sleep with other people. If you're not okay with that, we won't sleep together, and that's perfectly fine. We can just be perfectly polite, platonic friends. I don't know. This, what's wrong with this guy, man? Everything. Jeez. He, like, straight up said that in an interview? Yep. Word for word. And what were people's reactions? Mine? <laughs> My yeah, reaction? Yeah, I mean, exactly. He came out and said, I imagine if I was married at this point, I'd be a very bad husband. Well, well he didn't get basically married. basically just tell, told every single girl to not. Don't don't try to date me. Don't try Do to date me. Do not date him. Do not talk to him. Because how often are you going to find a girl that wants this? That wants, like, look, I don't like strings attached. I just want to have a slut. Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's it. Like you, you wanna, you wanna just be a slut and just have sex with me. Look, I get the whole no strings attached for a certain point in time. I'm sure people want to get married someday, right? Not Trevor Bauer. Not Trevor Bauer. 
But that last one, though, you're not the only one. Yeah, yeah, that that's is whack. Tough. That's strong. That is strong. I sleep with other people. What what's that? Again? I sleep with other people was the first I'm one, right? Going to continue to sleep with other people. If you're not okay with that, we won't sleep together, and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> we could be perfectly polite, platonic friends. All right, so it's confirmed. Trevor Bauer is into polygamy. I think it's I think it's clear cut that this guy thinks he's a big player. Is this about girls? Maybe he's into guys. Well, that's that's a hard take there. <laughs> that is a hard take. That's Have you ever seen take. this guy, Austin? No. All right, let me pull a picture of him quick. I don't even know who he is. Who is he? Trevor Bauer, very good pitcher. Very, very oh, good pitcher. Oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. He's the one who well, like, cut, his, see, cut his finger on the drone. Is he good enough to be making demands like no. this? No. That's what I'm saying. You know Ryan Gosling? No, he ain't a Bradley Cooper looking guy. Yeah. We're talking like good looking You athletes. literally just stated. Like no, he's no stand. He's just no judge. judge can't even be making things like yeah, that either. I don't know about judge. <laughs> Dude, you ever see this guy's girlfriends in the past? Yeah, but still, that's because because he, he's, he's a, a his judge. No, I'm you, saying, put, you put judge I'm, on a you know average uh, five nine guy. His face on that is yeah. it's not going to be. No, not okay, gonna maybe be, no, this guy. <laughs> maybe, he's twelve inches taller and making right, really like, like a stand guy, uh, a Harper, or if it's a, I don't know. These guys, those guys can maybe put out. This kind of this talk. kid thinks he's hot shit. Yeah. That's what it is. Is he a kid? He's a kid. How old is he? Uh, he's probably no. like high twenties. Yeah. Oh, okay. Late okay. 20s. He's a kid. He's everybody's kid. All right, so Trevor Bauer. Um, let's just say very confident in himself, which is, confidence yeah. is good. <laughs> Com- be slinging. Better be better be just throwing it down. That's Packing all I'm heat. I, with all this all this confidence, he better be throwing down. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, all right, so. Right before uh, we end it, we'll go quick commercial break, and when we come back at a commercial break. We'll get into our we interview. Have any commercials? We got the sound break. We got, we got sound break. Sound break. Yeah, yeah. Sound we break. The music break. Well, when we get our sound break, we will come back and we'll talk with Isaac Feldman from uh, WFAN. All right. So with that we have on host of the Outside of the Cage podcast on wfan it is isaac fellman i call him ike i think a lot of people call him ike isaac how are you doing i'm doing good taylor how's it going brother good man good uh so big news today is that gsp is just announced his retirement one are you shocked uh no no i mean i think this is the second official one but everybody's saying it's probably like the third or fourth time he's unofficially done it so no i'm definitely not shocked it, the guy is twenty six and two record. You know he's one of the best of all time. Where do you rank him on the best of all time? You have guys like you know John Jones, Spider Silva, Demetrius Johnson. You have you know GSP. You have a bunch of other guys. But where do you rank him amongst the the, the best? Definitely in that Mount Rushmore of uh, MMA fighters you just named. Definitely in the top five. Uh, I can't say he's number one just because of his his finishing rate. Honestly, there's nothing like uh, a knockout or somebody who always goes for the submission, always going for the end or the victory. In my mind, GSP was a a big-time point fighter. Obviously, it worked out tremendously for his career, but for me, it's got to be Anderson Silva, man. You you watch Anderson Silva's highlights. There's just knockout after knockout with the knees, with the elbows, punches, kicks. Uh, George St. Pierre was notoriously known for uh, being a late-developed wrestler, but... um, yeah, he he's he's a top five, uh, probably top three, uh, number three in my opinion. So I'd have to go Silva, John Jones, George St. Pierre. We'll get into Silva in a little bit because he has a fight coming up on May 11th in Brazil. But 
with George, with GSP, I've always loved watching him, and I always loved the you know the the footage where they get him training and the old preparation. That guy was a hell of a trainer. Just watching his videos and watching him prep and all the preparation that I've seen over the years before the fights that he would fight in, I thought it was one of the best uh, I've seen. Yeah, he he is uh, one of the best like cross trainers. Like he's one of the few uh, mixed martial artists or athletes in any sport that will not just stick to his niche, but will explore outside. Like he he looked up how to sprint faster. He looked up gymnastics. He's looked up powerlifting. He's done a whole bunch of things to incorporate to make him a better fighter. Uh, he's probably the smartest fighter we've seen in terms of uh, career. Uh, like he didn't really take a lot of damage. He fought like a Floyd Mayweather of, uh, of MMA, like a lot of wrestling. He did. He avoided head damage when he got tagged up a lot was when he was like, it's time to go. And he came back four years later, reinvigorated, obviously with the big paycheck against Michael Bisbing, but uh, retuned a, re, a new athlete like in that fight with Bisbing. I never seen him all of a sudden be on the distance, uh, have some striking, uh, look more like a karate athlete. He really developed. That's why it's sad to see him go. I don't believe he's retiring, but uh, yeah, it's sad to see a mixed martial arts athlete who's incorporated a lot of cross-training into his training camp. It's sad to see him go. Yeah, so like you said, GSP is you know a guy who is, I guess, known to always uh, you know like change himself and work on himself uh, and do yeah. something different you know, than normal. Do you think if he steps away from the fight game, is he going to go to maybe anywhere else, boxing, uh, WWE, start making movies? Do you see uh, what would be next for his future? I think he's going to do both. I think he's going to do some like bootleg straight-to-DVD movies, You know, get get a million dollars here, get a million dollars there. Maybe you'll see him in the background of a 21 Savage rap video. Uh, <laughs> he's, def- he's a businessman. He's, 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 he's been in those bootleg movies. He's been in... Uh, uh, all around the world, he, he I think it's Jeannie Broussard, the, the tennis player, right? Is yeah, that, yeah. Is that her name? Yeah, he's taking photos with her. He's taking photo at NBA All-Star Games. He, he's a worldwide, internationally known athlete, so I think he's going to do all of that. And then when he's tired and bored and maybe he needs another big paycheck, he'll come back to uh, the cage. I don't think he's going to box, like like you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Now, for he, he did say, quote, that he's very happy to retire. For a guy who's had a, such, a, such a successful career, do you think he, realistically, in your opinion, like is happy he's done, or do you think he, do you think he still has a little bit in the tank? To be honest, I think he does. Maybe because I want to see the the Khabib fight. I wanted to see that happen, and that is what a lot of fans I think are going to be a little upset that didn't happen. Is he happy? I mean, I think he's happy. He's got his wits about him, and he's got a lot of money, and he's so got brain his brain works. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's definitely not punch drunk. Um, you got, he's got his record. You see him at the press conference with the multiple belts. This guy hasn't lost in a long, long time. So I think he's happy to go on that. But if he had a chance to take down Khabib, the 27 and 0 Russian Dagestani wrestler, this, this undeniable wrestler, and he could put Khabib on his back and show the world that, no, 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 you guys think he's the best grappler. It's me, George St. Pierre. I've been doing this for a decade. Don't forget the name. I think that would intrigue him. I think the payday has to right uh, has to be right. The setting has to be right. Uh, what, what better setting than November, MSG? You get Khabib. You get the, the Russian audience, the Muslim audience against George St. Pierre. You get the Cana- uh, Can- uh, Canadian audience. You get all the mixed martial arts tuning in. I think that would be an awesome setting, but... 
I don't know why Dana White's being stubborn right now. It's always money with him, obviously. And uh, that's what happened with the Diaz brothers. That's what took so long to get Connor back. And that's what's going to take so long to get George St. Pierre back. It's about the money, man. It, it's just sad he had to go through all these bells and whistles with the press conference to get the attention of Dana White. Yeah, and that thing I think is one of the one things that everyone kind of understands is that it's all about money. And if Dana's yeah. not getting a, a cut of it, a, a big chunk of it, I think it's not even like, I guess in his eyes, even worth it. But I think just for the fans' perspective, I mean, to be honest with you, like the guy is, Khabib is the, right now, I think one of the best, probably the best UFC fighters right now. The guy is, just cannot be stopped. And the fact that GSP, a, a legend of himself, it would be, I honestly would pay, I'd pay a lot of money to see that, uh, you know, pay per view. And if not pay per view, I'd try my best to go see him in MSG. I mean, that would be, that would be, that would have been a great. Amazing, man. That's that's the best part of uh, that UFC 229, that Conor McGregor-Khabib fight. My brother didn't know uh, uh, Khabib entering that fight, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, who's this little bear wrestling Conor? He's like, oh, maybe I'll have to tune into his next fight. And imagine his next fight is against George St. Pierre. I think the world will be watching. I think that would do a huge pay-per-view. I think Dana White, both fighters, and the entire company would be happy. I think it's a win-win. It's silly that they got to go through all this. Now you've interviewed Khabib a couple times, right? Yes. How is he um, in person? Uh, is he an intimidating guy to talk to? And has he ever, in the conversations you've had in the past, has he ever talked about? I know the conversations you talk with were about more and more about Connor and him fighting Connor, but has there ever been in conversation on or off the air about maybe fighting one of his idols was GSP? Yeah, man. Yeah, he. Um... He's a very humble guy, but he is intimidating, man. He gives you, like, that stoic look. And I know he looks like an Amish guy, but this guy will <laughs> rip your freaking limbs apart. That's the best part of Khabib. He's very quiet and calm. But don't talk about his father, his country, his religion. Otherwise, he'll he'll throw his mouthpiece, jump out of a cage, and attack your whole posse. <laughs> That's I mean, true. I have no problem with what he did with Connor. He bullied the bully. I was fine with that. But uh, sticking with Khabib, yeah, he actually, uh, leading up to the uh, the Ally Akinta fight, UFC 223, we got a couple minutes with him. And uh, he's like, after I get my hand raised, he's like, I want GSP uh, at the Garden in the fall. That never happened, uh, which would have been this past fall at UFC 230, which you saw yep. Daniel Cormier versus uh, Derek Lewis. Mm. Um, he loves New York, man. Uh, GSP obviously loves New York. He fought at UFC 217. I mean, the guys are clamoring to fight in New York. They're clamoring to fight each other. Again, it's just money, it's contracts, and it's egos. So I hope they get it done eventually. I don't know. I, I just put on Twitter if they uh, – for real, I'm going to do this. If they don't make the, if GSP doesn't return in 2019, I'm going to go to Canada and fly, uh, fly and, and run around uh, for a mile in just my underwear. I, I believe this guy is coming back this year. Oh, we will, we will I definitely put, throw the retweet, retweet on that. <laughs> I literally put my ass on the line for this. When uh, when you interviewed Khabib, did he roll through with a, like a huge team? Because he's just like that kind of guy I can see just like coming through for an interview with like a huge squad. The entourage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was probably like three or four people dressed in all black. Nobody smiled. I don't think anybody's oh, ever seen a Pixar film in their life. Uh, <laughs> it, it was yeah, it was a pretty intimidating scene. But uh, yeah, it turns out he's pretty calm and pretty cool. And it was while he was cutting weight, so I think me and my co-host could beat the crap out of him. So I mean, we have him while he's like <laughs> losing thirty pounds. If, if he wasn't losing thirty pounds, he would literally rip my head off and kick it like uh, like Jason Elam.
Oh, but, uh, yeah, pretty intimidating guy. Yeah, so uh, we saw you interviewed Rampage Jackson, too. How is he? Like, just because ever since, you know, I was little, I can remember the UFC. He was always one of those names and one of the, one of those personalities that always stood out. And even when I was playing, like, UFC video games back in the day, I always wanted Rampage Jackson because he was just such, like, a character. And, and also you know, and also the whole, like, you know, I, I everyone watches that one 30-second video of him absolutely tearing down a, a door and absolutely owning the door. <laughs> So is he? And you know, if you, you ever seen the movie, I'm sure you have a bunch of times with the A Team movie where he was in the movie. But what is he like in in um in an interview uh, situation? I mean, he's definitely more tamed down. This is the 40 year old version of Rampage. Who knows if he was doing steroids uh, 10 years ago and or 12 years ago when he's fighting in Japan and the early UFC days. But he's definitely more tamed around the camera. The saddest thing, he was like, man, the fans have ruined my demeanor. He's like, everybody on the street wants a selfie, wants a picture. He's like, I feel like a caged animal. Uh, ironically so, they fight in a cage. But I get what he's saying. It's like, at some point, you don't become a human. They kind of make you like an object. And it, he kind of lost his enthusiasm towards the people. But other than that, he's a cool, laid-back guy. You know, I could ask him anything. I didn't feel threatened. Even though, again, he would literally step on my chest and break every bone <laughs> in my body. Yeah, he's. But, uh, I'm scared yeah. of that guy too. I'm really. I'm, I'm honestly scared of any UFC fighter, even if it like a like a uh, uh, Johnson, like the guy. The he's small as, as can be, but that guy would put me in a in a pretzel in a second. But going into the and in the Anderson Silva fight that's on May 11th, what are you looking forward to most about seeing Silva back in the octagon again? Um, can we make it like an official retirement? Can we do this like uh, the way it's supposed to be? Not at some like, like bougie fake press conference where he, pro uh, GSP is probably selling something right after this press conference. Right. I want Silva to go in there, uh, Curitiba, Brazil, UFC, uh, 237, May 11th against Jan uh, Jared Cannonier and put the gloves down in the octagon, give a beautiful speech and say, thank you to everybody for the time. I mean, GSP, if he was really going to retire, he would have done it against Bisbing. I think he's coming back, but I think Silva's going to do it the right way. I think Silva would. I think that would be the right way to do it, especially you, in his home country. Right, home country. You knock yeah. the guy out. You, you a nice kick to the jaw, knock him out, and then drops the gloves right there, and he's done. And that Woo. that that would be the smart thing to do, and that's the most ideal thing to do for all UFC fans. If you want to see that happen, because I would yeah, love to see awesome, that. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Watching him, awesome. watching him, just—I mean, I've I've always known that the one fight where he, you know, shattered his leg against Weidman, but overall in his career, that that his his way of fighting and the fact that he would taunt everybody was, uh, which I think, which made it so exciting for me to watch every single time. Yeah, he's a legend, man. That's why he—he's my number one goat, the greatest of all time. He—he's done it all, like, and he made just. Even that last fight against uh, Israel Adesanya, UFC 234, he's 43 years old. He's supposed to be fighting the quote-unquote next Anderson Silva. And he's out there playing around, looking like he's in the Matrix, a kung fu movie. It was a fun scene, man. Even at 43, everybody keeps saying Adesanya is going to be the next Silva. There's only one freaking Anderson Silva. 16-fight win streak, I believe 9 or 10 title defenses. Moved up and down in weight classes, fought Stefan Bonner, fought Forrest Griffin. 
I, there's only one Anderson Silva, man. It's going to be sad to see him go. He's the one who got me into uh, mixed martial arts. No, I agree one 100%. I mean, back, I think, I don't know exactly what it was, either UFC 82, 83, or 84. He fought Dan Henderson, who was one of my favorite fighters at the time. I like Dan and, Henderson, too. Oh, he finished him rear naked choke, and now, yeah, but no, once you say Anderson Silva, I'm thinking rear naked choke or, uh, you know, kick to the head, something like that. You guys remember the Chael sauna when Chael was pounding his head for four rounds and then Silva just miraculously throws up a triangle choke and gets him in the last two minutes? Yeah, oh, the, this guy's wild. a legend. This guy's yeah. a legend. Uh, so one of our fan questions was, uh, so the UFC has the lightweight division. It's it's a division where, the, the, well, yeah, there was a big fight recently, so it kind of saved the lightweight division. What are your thoughts on the whole on the whole division in general? I know it's 155, so it's... They're like the Dillashaw's out there, but the fact that it's it was more of if Dillashaw did, if you correct me if I'm wrong, if Dillashaw won, the division probably would have been gone. But since he lost, it was almost a savior. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's weird because we're hearing that uh, Dustin Ortiz, who fought on that same card, a 125er, who lost to Joseph Benavides, is not being resigned. And then we heard that Joseph Benavides, who fought on that card, who fought Dustin Ortiz, is going to be re-signed. And obviously, they're not going to fire the champ. Uh, there's a couple other fighters that they, they re-signed, and there's a bunch that they let go. So I don't know what the hell they're doing. Maybe they're slowly trying to kill off the division. Um, is it because it's not popular? Is it because it's it's not there, – there isn't enough – lightweight uh, fighters out there that are that are actually good enough to, to be contenders in this division is it why is is that the reason why uh dana white is doing this so on paper yes these guys are smaller and you see a guy in the street and you're like oh man i could slap around this guy and they don't necessarily always have knockouts or finishes a lot of decision wins or losses um and then conspiracy wise i'm saying that there's this one championship league out in Asia who just signed Demetrius Johnson. The UFC just traded with them. They traded Ben Askren for Demetrius Johnson. I think that would be a nice home for all the 125s to go. And then I see the UFC and Dana White buying that league, and then they would have control of the Asian market. I think that would be the smart move to go. So you give them a whole division, and you start at 135 uh, and higher. But – now that Henry Cejudo want to kind of put them in a conundrum, it's like, Cejudo, are you going to fight Joseph Benavides for a rematch at 125? Or are you going to move up to 135 and challenge TJ Dillashaw for a second belt? I want to see the challenge at a second fight uh, at 135 just to see TJ Dillashaw hydrated. But the fight against Benavides at 125 is fun. So I don't know what the hell they're waiting for. Nothing's official. I know Ariel Hawani was trying to poke Dana White for some answers and Dana's not budging. I don't think they're ready to let the division go. What are what are those fighters saying to, because of all of, of all these rumors that are going on that, that they might you know discontinue this this division? Are, are they freaking out? I mean, I'm sure they are. I mean, yeah. you've talked to these guys before. A lot of them want to just no answers, man. It's their livelihood. I mean, it, it's like at, at CBS Radio, you want to know when your next tape ship is. You don't want to get called. Oh, you're you're supposed to work in three hours or. Hey, we're not going to bring you back. Sorry about that. You want to know answers. I mean, they want to know the positive answer that they're not throwing away the division and they could sign new contracts. But ah, the evidence is 50-50. I mean, they're keeping the bigger names and they're releasing the smaller names. So, I mean, I guess we'll find out in a year's time probably. Now, you went to the, the Khabib uh, McGregor fight, correct? 
Uh, I was in Vegas. I had to do the show from a Vegas affiliate, so I couldn't be in the arena, but I could still feel uh, – uh, Connor's head being pounded in from a couple miles away. Now I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you how was the the environment in general just in Vegas once the fight was over and the whole melee of attacks from <laughs> from everybody that was going on. I mean, you were you were there. You were you weren't in the arena, but you were still there. My uh, my coworker was there, and he was like, "This is." crazy man i'm glad i came to the arena i'm like dude shut up stop texting me i'm trying to do a show i'm jealous right now i'm watching this uh these people fight on a screen inside the <laughs> arena all i've heard was chaos man you see on the videos it's it's a mad oh, yeah. drum and it's like i was the pessimistic conspiracist that i was like man this is fixed look are you kidding me this ufc set this up these guys are animals. They're trained animals. And Khabib was literally, literally like the most polite, humble, modest, anything Connor spat in his face, he just took it. And then the last second, Khabib, he broke. He could have been that that perfect role model to show that, hey, I'm bullied, get the belt wrapped around his waist, have a nice speech. Instead, he was like, nah, F this. He goes, it's time for Connor to pay. <laughs> it's very apropos and uh, – the scene, the scene was chaotic. What you guys saw is is was chaos. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. It was chaos, not controlled. Yeah, for sure. So uh, on March 2nd, Saturday, we have uh, UFC 235 coming up. Obviously, John Jones is fighting Anthony Smith. You have Tyron Woodley in there. Robbie Lawler is fighting uh, undefeated Ben Askren. You have any predictions or you know any favorites you like coming up? Uh, put the house on John Jones. Uh, I believe Tyron Woodley's motivated, and he's healthy. So bet on Tyron Woodley. Uh, bet on Ben Askren. Um, oh, really? Over Rory Lawler? Yeah, I've been a big Lawler fan his whole career. I'm a huge fan of his. Three rounds helps Askren. He he doesn't have to lay and pray on him or just like hold him down for five minute uh, five rounds. So the three rounds Askren can just escape with a couple of wrestling rounds. And uh, hopefully Cody Garbrandt gets it done, and then he gets back into the title picture. Oh, yeah, uh, I didn't even see that. Long Island's own, Aljamain Sterling's calling him out. So he says, uh, Aljamain Sterling says he wants the winner of Pedro Munoz uh, versus Cody Garbrandt. So if Garbrandt wins and we get Sterling Garbrandt, I think that'd be a phenomenal matchup. So UFC 235 is going to be stacked. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. one definitely to uh, keep eyes on. Uh, a couple more questions before you go. Uh, what was your, what is your favorite interview so far on on your uh, on the outside the cage podcast so far? Um, it was uh, hmm, for and who do you want to interview? Like, you haven't yet interviewed yet. Probably Chris Weidman was the craziest uh, or my favorite interview. You know, it's like you, you see this guy beat Silva. I was a drunk college kid watching him. Uh, beat the crap out of the goat. I actually didn't know who, who I wanted to win in that fight. And then I was like, oh, I better go for Long Island's own uh, Long Island native myself. And then uh, talking to Chris Wyman, Weidman was awesome. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, that was uh, that guy is scary. He doesn't pick up on New York sarcasm, so don't try to <laughs> see that. Did. Must have been tough. A, a fighter that doesn't pick it up probably wants to <laughs> knock you out from across the table. Dude, I was scared. I was like, uh, so I was like trying to paint the question about bringing up one of his past losses. I could see that like his eyeballs just start to roll back in his head. I was like, <laughs> oh my god! And I just it was he was promoting his book, and in the book it said that he uh, 
him and his brother, like this guy had a crazy childhood. His brother stabbed him in the leg and then he knocked out his brother and then he drove away and his brother drove, hit him in the rear. They started fighting on the side of a road. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to start problems with this. Holy guy. crap. Oh, that is wild. Yeah, that's probably yeah, talk about sibling rivalry. That's why yeah. was that the first and last time you talked to him. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, probably it was like the, the third time. But uh, yeah, that's the last time. Yeah, I think, I, uh, I'd probably stay away from that guy. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And and uh, one more question before you before you go is uh, no relationship with Dana White. That guy is probably one of the more famous uh, owners and just I guess talking heads in sports in general. When you've talked to him or if you've ever talked to him, what has been the conversations been like? Yeah, talked to him, uh, I think, two times, and then I always get to ask him a question at the press conferences. Um, yeah, he's a cool dude, man. He He's like uh, – he's cooler than Dave Portnoy, in my opinion. Like, this guy really? gets it. Like, every story I've heard, like, Dana throws down with drinks, throws down with party, and obviously he's approaching 50, so it's a different person now, but – Back in his uh, uh, heyday, like 10, 15 years ago, I heard like journalists just partying with him on weekend binges uh, or excuse me, benders and just having a great time with him. He's the boss that I want to work for, a guy who's telling you like, dude, you're screwing up. Do this or you're fired. I like that. I hate this passive aggressiveness. Dana White's uh, one of a kind, man. He spoke at the freaking RNC for Donald Trump. What other sports owner would put his name on the line to support a, a crazy, a polarizing figure like Donald Trump? There's not going to be a Dana yeah. White, anybody like him in the future. I think the I think he's actually going to retire from uh, the UFC in this ESPN window. I think he like passed the torch. He did a great job bringing the sport to ESPN. I think he's going to focus on boxing. I think the next face or puppet that the UFC puts in front of the camera is going to be somebody who's more cleaned up, like an Adam Silver, a, a Roger Goodell, a David Stern, somebody who's good with the media, who's not going to say, F you, I don't care if you buy my pay-per-view. Like so his, like his relationship prediction. with Dan Ravel is, is probably one of the funnier yeah. things I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. Calls him a little Dan nerd and stuff like that. <laughs> He'll never stop poking him. No, absolutely not. But uh, what is, I know you work you work for the fan, so there's the legend himself, Mike Francesa, is there. You've been on you're on the mics on, mics on app. Uh, what is what is it like walking around and working around uh, the the goat himself, the the radio god of uh, Mike Francesa, the Pope? Man, how'd you miss that? The Pope, the Pope. Pope. Yeah. I, I call him Radio God, the Pope, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> the Pope. Yeah, I, I actually got to. Uh, this is a true story, actually got to introduce myself to him uh, last week and I was already working on the app for a couple of weeks and I go hey Mike he goes hey you working on my show and I go no 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 I'm actually uh, contributing on the app he goes okay when do you start I go I already started he goes what's your name I go it's Isaac Feldman I go does this guy even know what's going on on his app <laughs> no no shot no <laughs> way no shot he does all he's all he's doing is it talk for five hours and then he's done that's it he doesn't care exactly it's like so many people in this business they're like one track minds and it's like they they drive so fast in that one lane and you bring them out of their element they're lost uh like most of the callers that call his show but mike is one of a kind he he is the godfather you, you know you gotta look him in the eye you can't be scared and you can't bullshit uh uh talk uh you can't talk out of your butt uh, sorry for the curse. No, nah, go for it. We're, we're all about it. We're, we're laid back on this podcast. Cool, cool. Mike's a straight shooter. He's the godfather. He's the goat. He's the pope. He's one of a kind, man. I just hope he gets his freaking health in shape because I want this guy to uh, last for a long time. <laughs>
That's all I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta stop drinking those, those Cokes every single day. So. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. Um, so where can we uh, find you on, uh, on on social media? So, um, Twitter, at Ike underscore CBS, and just Google Outside the Cage Podcast and click everything you see. Easy enough. Well, uh, Ike, thank you for coming on, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon about some more uh, UFC fights. Taylor, thank you. Some guy I don't remember. Uh, His name's Liam. Your name. uh, thank you, Liam. I hope no worries. No worries. I hope you're different than the other Liam Neeson. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Taylor, Liam, thank you guys. Of course. Thanks, Thanks man. Ike. Bye. All right, let's kick it off with top three. Most hated teams. Who's starting first? That was a fantastic interview, by the way. That was a great interview. It was actually really good. Didn't even acknowledge it. It was good. No, was dude. Good. I mean, you guys it, actually sounded like you knew what you were talking about. I we did. <laughs> we did some last minute heavy research. Heavy research. Kept well, it was all like developing, it. like the G- developing. Like, and developing we were literally, story. you guys did the interview while GSP was giving a statement about while he, yeah, why he's why he's retiring and everything. And that's, but, the, and, that, and that's a good guy to talk to. And uh, we saw a quick couple updates about it, and uh, basically his reasoning was the UFC. It sounded like what we call was the UFC. Uh, their plans for Khabib wasn't to fight GSP. It's somebody big. Yes. Maybe Conor. Conor McGregor. I don't know if they're going to fight him. No, he's not. not, he, not right the away, next right. fight probably won't be McGregor. It's he probably going to be. Two or three way. Yeah. Hype, this, hype it up big time. All right, let's get into exactly. top three most hated teams. Who goes first? Stone, you pick the order. I'm picking myself first. Oh, okay, who's going second? Um, I think we all know who Taylor's is, so I want Liam second. And then you go third. Got it. All right. So oh, really? About to steal some of Taylor's right now. Yeah. Piece of, you piece of you crap. got two in a row, though. You, you got, got yeah, 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 you're good. Right. I'm going to say, I mean, I'm a Rangers fan, but uh, then again, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like, I don't really hate the Islanders. You know what I mean? All right. Well, then, most disliked for you. The most disliked team, probably, the, it's probably the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, come on, Stone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you're a Penguins fan. Right, I understand it, though. But yeah. Sid right. the Kid. Malkin, bunch of scums. Bunch of scums. You know, that's how it is. All right, Liam, you're up. All right, I got the Red Sox. You Easy. piece of crap. I knew it. You piece of crap. Thank you, Stone. Damn it. Got you. Red Sox all day. Okay. So, my Who's your team. your first team, Taylor? You got two, Taylor. You got two my back first to back team, snake. My first team is Texas Longhorns. I should have. I forgot about that. Yeah, that. I the, love doing the horns to him. It's great. Yeah, hook them, hook them down, boys. Hook, hook them down. Up, hook them up. Uh, yeah, this team, uh, I absolutely. We don't need an explanation. Vince Young, fuck you. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, all right, what's the next one? And my wraparound, I'm going to do the University of Alabama. I absolutely hate them. I just hate seeing them win every single year and competing. All right. So it was heartbreak when they lost, when the Oklahoma lost this year. Oh, I do have another team that just thought of one. Going two colleges in a row. Yeah. Thinking that me, oh. Okay. Um, next up, I'm going Rangers. Okay. Had that coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? I'm changing that. Can okay. I change it? Go ahead. Yeah, Flyers. Flyers. Oh, okay. Why? That's Why Flyers? Good team. I hate. They're just, just such a chippy original six team. Yeah. And especially when, you know, I guess uh, maybe like four or five years ago, them and the Penguins they were going at it all the time. Like Claude Giroux, if I ever saw that guy in the street, I would just start screaming at him until he punched me in the face. He's I hate a him. Scary dude. He's a scary dude, but he, I hate him. He's just one of those guys. I just see his face. I hate. And then a ton of other flyers like uh, Zach Ronaldo. Oh my God. I know who that guy is. 
No. Do you? Just, no. just a grinder. <laughs> he just go around starting fights. I grinder. I know. I know now, a grinder. Christian's not even really in hockey anymore, but the Flyers. I feel like it's a team of grinders. Yeah, the whole team. And you have RJ Ellenberger. I hate that guy too exactly, for whatever reason. Exactly. All right, Taylor. Oh no, Stone. It's my you got turn. My turn. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say the Patriots. Good one. Jets fan, you know, I hate the Patriots. But I feel like Damn, a lot that's of, what I wanted. But I feel like the I feel like Alabama's the same way as the Patriots for you. It's just like they win, so you hate them. Same thing with Duke. A lot of people don't like Duke. Yep. It's just because they win. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um and then my third team. Hmm, wow. Let's see, my third team. Do I say the Yankees? You could. I guess I'm gonna go with the Yankees. I mean, I feel like that was I, would l- I wish I went to the old Yankee Stadium. Oh, I never got there. Went. I haven't been to the new one yet either. Not but bad. I hate the Yankees. All right. Screw them. My last up. This is a hard one for me. I'm tough here too. I'm I'm stuck on my last one. Because you picked Ooh. the Patriots. The Patriots one. I hate, I hate the Patriots too. All right. So I'm, I was thinking University of Michigan. Obviously, I'm an Ohio State fan. Why aren't you picking that? I'm not picking it because they ain't even a rivalry anymore, Taylor. Damn, those are fighting words. Those are fighting words. I ain't anymore, so I ain't picking them. I'm going Rangers. Okay. Just easy. All right, so it's tough right now. So I picked the two that are pretty obvious for me. The Red Sox and Patriots were both taken. Um, All right, so hockey, I don't really have a – I don't really hate anybody. NBA, I don't really hate anybody there. Um, MLB, other teams, surprisingly, it's like a tie between, like, the Tigers and the Rangers for me. Cause the what? Yeah, or the Angels. I don't know. It's so out there. It's so like irrelevant. Well, the like the, the damn it. Why is it so tough? I don't know. Like who's purchases like rival school? Like oh Westbury. Oh Westbury. Oh Westbury. Kid hates old Westbury. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's Jay Fink's school. Yeah. Oh shut up. Oh sheesh. I don't. Come know. on, pick a team, yo. We got things to talk about. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Dallas Cowboys. What Dallas Cowboys. Wow, that's Cowboys. actually good. That was a good I don't know why I couldn't think of Dallas like Cowboys. That. I like that. Yeah. Uh, somebody left out Golden State Warriors. Yep. For uh, winning, too. A lot of people hate them, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hate the Eagles, too. I don't the like Eagles. the Eagles that much. Um, the Rangers is like, it's because there was, a, there was a good stretch where the Rangers just dominated the Yankees all the time. And like the what, Good. They deserve it. And the Tigers were good with like Verlander and Prince Fielder and V-Mart. It's getting hot in this room. It's getting hot. I I got to reapply my deodorant. Yeah, yeah. Dying over here. All right. I I don't know why I still have a sweatshirt on, but I'm dying over here. It happens. What's on? What's going next? What's next? We got stats of stone up next. Stats of stone. Oh, so yes, I thought this was pretty cool. (laughs) It's not like a fancy stat or anything, but um, so the Duke UNC game was last night, and I saw something. It was the hottest tickets in sports. And the UNC Duke game came in second behind the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl was four average. So these are average ticket sales. The average ticket sale for the Super Bowl was four thousand three hundred and twenty-three dollars. The oh, UNC wow. game, the average was two thousand six hundred and sixty-three dollars. Now I after I saw this, my I was talking to my dad, and he was telling me that he heard on the news that tickets were upwards of over three thousand dollars. For the UNC Duke game by the end of, like, right uh, up to right, game time. And they saw Zion for 36 seconds. That's true. That is very true. The next uh, the next on this list was the 2019 All-Star, NBA All-Star game. That was $1,622. Then uh, UFC 229 was Khabib McGregor, and those tickets were 
at $1,053. World Series game. Guess how much you think it was for the World Series game? $744. You motherfucker, you saw the screen. That's not screen. a guess, Dale. Come on. What Sorry. about uh, Alabama <laughs> Clemson? Uh, I'm going to say like around like 500 maybe. The kids saw the whole yeah, list. No, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I actually, I only saw the main. You're irrelevant. Yeah, You're yeah, irrelevant. We're trying to make it fun for the listeners. Sorry. I just did some quick math. Yeah. So if you paid the average twenty six sixty three for a UNC Duke ticket, you basically paid seventy five dollars a second to watch Zion. Wow. For every second Zion was out there, you paid seventy five dollars. I I can't not good. I I can't tell if that's correct or not, but I believe you. It was like seventy four and change. I just did the math. Good for you. That's lit. That was awesome. Well, that's right. how it is in like a UFC fight. Like I like when they break it down that way. It's like yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. those fight, like Ronda Rousey's fight, like that thirteen second knockout or whatever it was. She like, she's making money. thousands and thousands of dollars per second. That's like Big Poppy when he was on his like last contract. He was making like it was like just over a thousand dollars every pitch he saw. That's awesome. I love those kind of numbers. Yeah, Kelly, you doing some, like, you doing what are you doing over, over there? there? I thought I had a, a nice stat of like Machado or not Machado. Nah, nah, nah. I think earns like sixty-one thousand dollars a day or something like that. That's not bad. Oh, that is pretty. That's pretty lit. It's <laughs> a lot yeah, of money. All right, lit. so we got the Kardashian elites. Kardashian elites. Kardashian elites. This is probably like the second or third time we've done this segment. Obviously, Kardashians athletes. They're just like simultaneous at this point. Correct. If you're an athlete, you've dated a Kardashian. If you're a Kardashian, you've dated multiple athletes. Correct. So, big news. Tristan Thompson, who everyone knows, played with the Cavs, landed there on a fat deal four years, 88 mil, like last year, two years ago. NBA champ. NBA champion. That's right. That's right. Dating Chloe Kardashian. Big time cheater. They had a oh, big time cheater. Yeah, they had a, not Chloe, Tristan. They had a baby together. This is, I think, the third or fourth time. I th- what? I thought it was the second time. No, third or fourth. I know the, the most recent one prior to this one was where he was caught on tape with two girls. Before that, he was, uh, I guess you could say, uh, he was motorboating. He's living that <laughs> uh, uh, Someone in, in a club also. Yeah. And then uh, he also made out with another chick in a different club. So this would be like the third or fourth time that's going down. So Chloe and Tristan, they split uh, after Tristan allegedly hooked up with one of Kylie Jenner's best friends. Yeah. So not a good I you had one job. You had one job, Kylie's friend. Don't fuck it up. Don't hook up with any of her sisters, fiance's boyfriends, whatever. It's that easy. Mom's so I mean, honestly, like on the low but high key for me, this is just a plan by Chris Jenner. Look, it's not she a needs, bad she way. Needs, she needs the storyline for next year's TV series. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Not a bad way. And now she's kicked out of that like kicked out of the friend group. Everything she's done. What's uh Chloe and uh, Kylie's relationship at the moment? I don't know their relationship at the moment, but uh, Chloe's been posting, you know, all this stuff on Instagram. How she, it's over with her and Tristan. Kim Kardashian unfollowed uh, Jordan, who is Kylie's friend, who hooked up with Tristan and Tristan on Instagram. And then uh, how to come on the pot? Oh, Tristan, she got nowhere to stay. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be, we'll yeah. be, we'll That's be friends. Right. She, got, she was living in the guest house in uh, Kylie's Hidden Hills Mansion in Calabasas, but she got kicked out, so she's going to live with her mom. Right after the incident was rumored to happen, Tristan tweeted in all caps, "Fake news," and then deleted it like right after. Bruh, not good. Bruh, if, if people saw you walking out with this girl. Which supposedly there's yeah, so they went to photos. they apparently went to a house party, yeah. left together, and then Jordan was seen leaving <laughs> Tristan's house at like seven a.m. the next what morning. What a loser! Anytime I hear a house party, I just think of like a high school house That's party, what I was like one say. keg, eighty-seven thousand people, cops yeah. showing up five minutes later. Yeah. This is probably like a house party with like everyone's net worth was average like ten million. Exactly. 
Yeah, so it's uh this is wild story. Wild story. All right, so let's finish it up with a hard turn to the left. Stone, what are we talking about? What did we talk about last time? Music. Music? You guys want to talk about food this time? Yes. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Do we have like a couple hours or no? <laughs> Top. Hold on. Best chicken nugget. What place? Mickey D's. Fast food. Fast food. Mickey wide. D's. Wendy's. Oh, Wendy's is a good one. Spicy nugget? Yeah, I'll throw in a spicy every Dude, once in a while. Spicy nugget was fire. Spicy. You, you're, you're a McDonald's fan? Mickey D's got some fire nuggets. I love Mickey D's. I just don't do the nuggets there. I don't do the nuggets on Mickey D's either. I haven't had it's Unless been you a get while. the treasure chest. You need the 20 yeah, piece. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, Jesus. That's yeah. a lot. All right, if you don't know, Top. go into your local McDonald's and just say, I want a treasure chest. Let them know. Let them know. They'll know. They'll, They'll know. know. You They'll got a 20-piece McNugget, right? 20-piece? 20 20-piece 20 McNugget. They do a 40-piece, too. Oh, my God. I Dude. wish they had a 40-piece box. They just give you two 20-piece boxes. Oh, really? Yeah, very oh. disappointing. Didn't one of, our, one of our friends, we will not name, we won't share names here, but one of our friends. Know. Who did it? D- I've gotten a treasure chest before. Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, shit. 20 nuggets. Yeah, you can, I've you, gotten a treasure yeah, chest you can, before. I can, we did, I never got we one. We were up at school and we did. We went to Burger King. They had the dollar forty nine or yeah, the night for ten. Ooh, yeah. We did as many as we could eat. A house like forty three oh, nuggets. Oh my god! But oh they're like the god. little. They're like the Burger King nuggets are not the same as they they're used like to be with shriveled the up. They're like shriveled up, the right? Crowns? Are those the worst? I think Burger King is the worst fast food place right now. In general. Yeah. I would say right now. Remember they came out with the black bun whopper? What the hell was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for Halloween. Yeah. They also had the uh the bacon Sunday. Yeah, yeah. They do. I got Jeez. that probably five or six Dude, times. Dude, Nate shot before he became big and like decided to create a esports team. All he would do is like go to different fast food places and like get their like they came out like with the black shake. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. He would just do like food reviews and stuff. It was it. hilarious. But by far Wendy's is top. Top fast food, like if we're talking about chains like McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, like that stuff. Are you Wendy's factoring at the top. in like you're factoring in like quality, quantity, and price. Exactly. Okay. The, 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 the three Q's. Oh, three Q's. Two Q's and a P. There we go. Two Q's and a P. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. Definitely. What What's your favorite? Because we talked about food a little bit with this kid getting the egg wrap. Whatever yeah, the fuck egg, that egg, was. egg wrap. My homemade. <laughs> guess what? I scarfed on an egg wrap before you guys oh, got here. Oh man, what? Where's your? Where's your go-to place? Where's your go? Now, when you go and get food mm-hmm. for lunch, you know you're chilling at home. You're like, damn, I got nothing in the house. I want to go eat. Do you go to a place that you want to eat, or do you just go to the closest place, get it, and come home? No, I'm going to a place that I eat. totally factors in for me. If I can't eat within 15 minutes, I'm just like pissed off. Honestly, it matters how I'm feeling. Like. If that's one of those things, you're like, you're in a lit location. I, I'm are. in a good location. I have a lot of like food places you're around a lot me. Of so like, different things. usually they're not like too too far away. But I like, have to. The, the closest thing I have is KFC, which is trash. No, 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 no. They got the three dollar famous bowls. You like, dude, I've never gotten one of those. Well, I never know I'm, what they're called. I'm telling you. Yeah. The well, Stone, Stone, we we have we have like the pizzeria. We have we got, Chinese over, we got there. Chinese over here. I know, but even if I get Chinese, I don't go that way. I go into Stony Brook always. Okay. Oh, I'm going to get like if if I'm like you need you need two slices. You going to talk it pastaria? I like I like throw up. <laughs> <laughs> that place is garbage. That place is absolute trash. I hope they don't listen to this podcast. That's right. I, I like I like the the grandma slices. They're not bad. Not too bad. Soft. But all right. So tell me, tell me. Sorry, I keep I keep. Okay. Um, Your go to place. One o'clock in the afternoon. Dad, what are we doing for lunch? Like we got nothing. Where are we going? Chipotle slash Cabo. 
You, Liam? Quick place. Quick, just quick That's turnaround. not a bad move. Quick turnaround. Depends Cabo on where I am, what I'm doing, but like if I'm in the area, Chick-fil-A all the time. Dude, I can't do Chick-fil-A. Not Chick -fil -A. all the time, but... I've had Chick-fil-A once. Not I had Chick-fil-A three times. Three I threw times? up all three times after what? eating it. Yep. What'd so, you get? I've, I tried multiple things. Chicken sandwich one time. Yacked. I like their fries. Their fries are good, but they give you six. The waffle they fries. Give six they give you like yeah, five <laughs> or six. The, si the yeah, size. Yeah, 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 yeah. The waffle fries, right? Waffle fries yeah. are fire. Chick Fil A sauce is uh. Oh, you know, Five Guys has been my go-to for the last like month or two. Dude, I'm I've not, been eating I, Shake Shack a lot. Okay, they got I like that Shake crispy Shack. chicken sandwich with this aioli sauce on it. Ooh. Uh, I, don't know, I get the burgers. It's got like the peppers and yeah, the chipotle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chipotle aioli. I don't do chipotle though. Cabo over chipotle every day. No, I'm saying Chipotle aioli sauce. Yeah, it is Chipotle aioli. Um, I'm the Kamikabu guy over Chipotle. Absolutely. If I if I had to pick, not if, even a question. Not even a question. If I had to pick, it was like which which I they are right Cabo next to each other. Four times if a week. You, if you tell me I gotta drive 20 minutes to Cabo <laughs> or walk next door to go to Chipotle or Moe's, Probably, I'm driving yeah, to Cabo's yeah, 20 yeah, yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, ha I couldn't Absolutely. tell you last time I went to Chipotle. I went to Chipotle at school because it was in Ithaca. Moe's. I, I think Moe's is like. Mo's. I think Moe's is like not even garbage. Great. I think it's garbage. Absolutely. You don't want to see how they make their queso. You don't I don't want to. I don't want to know. So didn't you? Did you work there? Very shortly. Yeah. You, at school, right? Yeah, yeah I remember that. Did you? Did and you guys ever try? They're the, throwing away chips though, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. You, you, guys, did you guys try? You could walk out of that place with a garbage bag of chips. Did you guys try the um the queso at Chipotle ever? No, never. Never did. Never. Cheese sauce Cabo fire. No Chipotle ranch. At Cabo? Chipotle Ranch at Cabo is fire as well. Fire as well. Chipotle Ranch anywhere is fire. True. I love Chipotle Ranch. I True. love Chipotle. Chipotle. Chipotle the sauce. Chipotle Tabasco. No, gross. Oh, no. Chipotle fire. Cholula is gross sauce. No, it's good. Really good. I hate that. I like the normal Cholula red sauce. Yeah, I got the I got two jumbo sizes in my, ca my cabinet yeah, right now. you put it on your stupid egg wrap. I do. I put it in everything. Put in a little cereal. You know? Okay, so now favorite, favorite food. What's your favorite food? Favorite type of food. It's tough, favorite man. Meal. Anything? Are we talking fast food stuff? Anything. Anything. You're on your deathbed. You get one last meal. No. Electric chair. Last meal. What are you eating? Last meal. This will end the podcast. Last meal. <laughs> Egg wrap. Egg wrap. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what I want. I what? want I want a, a, a fat porterhouse steak with some... Creamy... I don't like steak. Wait, what? what? I really don't like steak. Like a fat porterhouse steak with mashed potatoes and some creamy spinach and a little asparagus. I'm done. You're going to have smelly pee. Guess what? I'm dying in fucking five minutes when it's done. That's true. Yeah, That's but then true. the people that got to clean you up yeah. after they well, kill you. Well, guess what? I don't care. Yeah. It's going to be smelly. It's your decision to kill me. <laughs> it's your decision to kill me. Okay, okay. So porterhouse steak, mashed potatoes, it, actually, creamy it was spinach. Your decision. It was your decision to My have decision. someone kill you. Yes. Which, it could be life sentence. Or we're getting really too in-depth with this. No, it's cool. It's so cool. I like the creamy spinach with mashed potatoes and asparagus on the side how do you like your steak cooked? Medium. Okay. A little bit of pink in the middle? A tiny bit. Okay. I'm going, yeah. uh, I guess it's just like one, like a, a meal on a side, right? Couple, yeah, yeah, whatever. Couple yeah. sides. Couple sides. I'm going usually like pulled pork sandwich with some mac and cheese. Wow. And then like maybe some coleslaw. Wow. 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 Yeah. That's some, that's some that's southern comfort wild. food right there. That's good. That's something. And what about that'll, you? Uh, that'll get me like nice and like relaxed and like uh, nice and sleepy before the yeah. out. What about me? you? I'm probably just going like a double cheeseburger, <laughs> double quarter I'm pounder with cheese. American, man. All oh, actually, American. throw in a Big Mac for me. A Big Mac? Yeah. You get yeah. A, throw a Big Mac in there. Yeah, yeah. Probably bad. a quarter pounder with some French. Love French fries. Oh, I can probably so eat good. French fries all the time. French fries are so good. Potatoes underrated. Potatoes. You one of the greatest vegetable ever. Is it even? 
Is it like a starch? That's starch. Has carbs. Carbs. Well, now I'm hungry. What's the worst way to go out? Electric chair? Or lethal injection. That's the best way. Probably the best way. That's the best way. Well, you ever see a lethal injection just not like malfunction and the guy's like just like struggling? No, I haven't. Taylor, what are you looking up? No, like like movies. Like Hollywood movies. No, Hollywood movies. It's Hollywood. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. That should happen. Electric drowning's got to be the worst. Burning alive. I don't know. That's got to suck, too. All right. right. This this is getting out of hand. Chainsaw would be terrible. Right. I think electric chair would be. Electric chair stinks. That would not This kid literally just demonstrated lethal injection not working. Is there a death penalty here? No, 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 no death penalty in New York. Texas? There's like two states that have it. I think it's no, Texas. It's more than two. It's definitely more than two. Let's look that up real quick before we end. We got a couple minutes. Dude, that's why. I can't believe you actually just demonstrated. There's that. been. T- there, I've heard stories of Do that. Do you believe in the death penalty? I think all states should have death penalty, to be honest with you. I've heard, I've heard states. That I've, I've heard, I've heard Utah. stories. Oh, lethal gas in Arizona and California. Oh, my Electrocution God. in Alabama, Florida, Kentucky. Dude, they need, they need to bring it back to New York. Bring that shit back, homie. There's some people that just need to go. This is this this conversation how went many, from... How many murderer documentaries have you been watching, Stone? Dude, have you watched the 10 Buddy tapes yet on I Netflix? I have I'm working on it, yeah. Don't, we should, they're phenomenal. Oh, you know what we should do as a homework assignment? We should all watch it, and then we should discuss about it. I'm not going to watch it with you. No. Just, it's, it's long. <laughs> they are long. It's going to be like homework. Yeah. There's like... At least ten episodes, like hour each. They're all like movies, right? Yeah. Each one's like a I'm, movie. Dude, I'm down. Well, I'm like too deep, and it's the, look. It's why, why don't we? Why don't we pick a documentary? So a documentary. What? And we talk about that in a, a special segment. Segment. What are you gonna all name right, it? We, we kind of did it with Firefly. Wait, Firefest. Firefly. Firefly. You want to go? Firefly is the good one. Firefest is the. I want to go. Why don't we do that? You guys want to do that? Yeah, but what are we going to Sports related? Probably not. I doesn't have not. to be. I really don't want it to have be. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, doesn't have to be. Let's do a sports podcast. Uh, uh, yeah. Producer Stone. Yeah. I'm here for the second part. I, I turn it up a notch. Turn it up a notch. All right. So, boys. I think that was any, a good uh, one. Any last Dude, this words? Is a, this is a good show. Good show. A lot of UFC talk. A lot of baseball. A lot of Zion. A lot of Zion. A lot of BS in the second part. And we're ending on the death penalty, which is ending on the death penalty. But it's cool. Executions. All right. So I um, still can't believe you literally demonstrated that. All right. Any last words? Any any last words? (laughs) Anything else? Anything Anything else? else? Anything else? No. Uh, No. I got nothing. What What do I get for lunch? Time what to get for lunch right now. Um. Pick something. Pick something. Cabo. Cabo. I want like a bacon. I want like a nice bacon egg and cheese right Ooh. now. A nice Long Island Hungry bacon man. egg and cheese. <sighs> Some home fries. Yeah. Woo! Okay, there it is. That's what I'm doing. All right, we will see you guys on Tuesday. Peace.
Right off the corner of the mattress that you stole 